You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 298. I am the under-the-weather Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. Probably going to be a shorter episode because I am, uh, uh, I can barely talk is really probably the best way to put it. <laughs> With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. Brandon, how are you doing, buddy? Jimmy, does anyone ever say they're above the weather when they're feeling super well? <laughs> they should. I feel they like, uh, yeah, you should be thankful for when you're healthy. Well, like um, you're feeling think, great, not even like average, but like you're feeling like awesome. I'm above the weather. Oftentimes we take our health for granted sometimes, I think. Um, but yeah, when you're feeling great, yeah, I think uh, that doesn't get as recognized as when you're not feeling so great. I but try yeah, to uh, really think about that actively whenever I have something like really nagging. Like sometimes you, you'll get like a you know like a sore in your uh, mouth or something. like something that's really yeah. like super benign, but it's so annoying. It's like ah, oh, this is this is a pain to deal with. <laughs> Paper cut, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yep. All right, Jimmy. Before we get into today's show, big Eagles Cowboys preview. Um, and we look, you know, for as much as we might be trimming this short, um, plenty of Eagles Cowboys coverage on the Waiting Your Nation podcast feed. Two NFC East mix tape episodes this week including a live show that i did with rj on thursday night the replay of that is up on the feed so plenty of coverage for you to check out in addition we to, meant to cut we meant to record this we're, we're recording this on yes. friday morning by the way yes. we meant to record this on thursday morning but there was just no i could barely yeah. even i texted sit Jimmy up and you were like what did you say you're like i am sick i cannot yeah I, I, I could barely even get out of bed and you're not uh, going to dallas way- I'm not going to Dallas. Yeah. So my flight would have actually been, I'd be leaving my house like right now. Mm-hmm. To, I was flying out of Newark. Wow. Uh, and I'd be leaving my house right, like right now to go to the airport. And, uh, that sounds like, uh, a version of hell right now, <laughs> traveling mm-hmm. to Dallas, uh, right now. Yeah. The weather's horrible, uh, here, mm-hmm. uh, and in Dallas, I just looked, it's 17 degrees. In Dallas, Ooh, they don't know how to wow. handle that 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 kind of weather. Um, I, I remember there was yeah. the one Super Bowl there the one year where they had like the ice storm and it was just a total yes. disaster. So, uh, yeah, maybe not the worst. Um, maybe not the worst thing to have to to miss. I am going to miss that on the on the food spread, of course, which is going to mess up my my uh, my running my season long press box food spread reviews. I did email mm-hmm. the Cowboys, by the way. Asking them to send me mac and cheese, <laughs> I give them. A, well, I'll update this by the way. 
uh, I'll update you on, on whether they reply or not. I give them a 10% chance of replying to that request, yeah. even replying to it, whether right. or not they, they even take the time to, to, to tell me to go right. screw myself. <laughs> but yeah, 10% chance they even reply. Okay. Well, if you are going to the game as a fan, certainly, you know, be safe. Um, hopefully you'll get a nice little present in the form of an Eagles win. But before we get into today's podcast, Jimmy, I have to mention quickly that I thought you just took your shirt off for a second. You're wearing like a skin colored <laughs> shirt. And I thought you were just shirtless under that jacket. And I was like, wow, what a choice. Um, Jimmy, it's bold. Brandon, about speaking of action, apparel, hold on, hold on. Speaking of apparel, we should mention, by the way, that Brandon is wearing a Santa hat. That's right. What yes, do we, what do we call you? Watched, Santa, um, Santa, hmm. There's no like good pun for your name. It's, it's no Santa. Danta Claus, our good friend Dan no. Klausner, who I, I like to call Danta Claus, who is a nice little uh, punny nickname in that regard. I don't know, but Jimmy, you think of it while I read the ad. Uh, it's bowl okay. season, and the and by the way, if you want to see the uh, Santa hat, you can watch the NFC it's mixtape, uh, the Thursday night record that's up, or the SB Nation NFL show. I uh, also work for that. But anyway, it's bowl season, Jimmy, and the action is far from over. And your go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps right now. New customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do, plus everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with the DraftKings Same Game Parlays. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code 5QUESTIONS. New customers place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if your team does win. That's code 5QUESTIONS only at DraftKings Sportsbook 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Bonus issued as free bets. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Very good. All right, where should we start? Eagles offense versus Cowboys defense, or we, yes, because Cowboys you know, Gardner offense versus Eagles is starting. Defense. So I feel like we need to okay. kind of get into that, which is official. You know, Jalen Hurts has been ruled out. It'll be mm-hmm. Minshew as the starter. Ian Book, who has not been active for a game this year, and joined the Eagles earlier this season when the Eagles uh, claimed him, I believe, off waivers from the Saints, uh, will be the backup quarterback. Hopefully the Eagles will not be seeing him unless it's a big Eagles blowout win. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think there's a high level for me, Jimmy, of confidence to Gardner Minshew. I thought the offense looked incredibly efficient when he played against mm-hmm. the Jets last year. Now the Jets have a bad defense, but Gardner Minshew was also not working with A.J. Brown and second-year Devontae Smith and um, the combination of those players with Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders playing his best football of his career and an offensive line that's looking great. So... I think Gardner Minshew is in a really favorable spot, and I, I kept saying to RJ that I think you would be remiss to not factor in the Mike Leach factor. Uh, this is a very emotional game, I think, for Gardner Minshew, and I also think that this is a huge chance for him to potentially be a starter in the future. Like This is his chance to play well in a big spot on Christmas Eve, on this you know big stage opportunity to clinch the one seed and everything. I, I really think he's going to come in and have a big game in part because of the matchup that you identified probably as the biggest mismatch in this game, the Eagles wide receivers versus whoever the heck is starting across from Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. I mean, you look at this Eagles offense and you have six guys that made the pro bowl 
um, which I don't even think we talked about the Pro Bowl on the uh, no on, on the podcast. That was on here, Wednesday but, night. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you have Hertz, of course, who's out. You mentioned Sanders, AJ Brown, uh, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and then a surprise uh, in Landon Dickerson. Yeah, and then you have generous. three guys that are alternates in uh, Jordan Mailata, Isaac Sayamalo, and and Devontae Smith. And two, of the, you only have two guys, two starters that aren't either in the Pro Bowl or alternates. Mm-hmm. One of them is Dallas Goddard, who be. would be in the Pro Bowl if he hadn't gone on IR, mm-hmm. and Quez Watkins, who is the slot receiver. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a loaded offense. If there's ever a chance for uh, a backup to come off, the, if there's if there's ever a, a a good situation for a backup quarterback to to come in, this is the team that you want to be on. Like Gardner Minshew is in a phenomenal uh, position here. Uh, to make the best of of an opportunity to show that he can be a starter in the league, as you mentioned, uh, but also like you look at his career numbers, you know what his touch? I was surprised. I, like I remember yes. his touchdown interception ratio being good. You know what it is? It's like forty one to fourteen, right? Forty one to twelve. Oh, even better. That's outstanding. That's great. Like he just doesn't. He just doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He has two career games in which he has thrown. Two interceptions, never more than two. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott has thrown two interceptions in four of his last six games. So, like, he he's 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 playing on a team where he's got so many playmakers around him, uh, particularly in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He can just sort of manage this game and allow the elite roster around him to make the plays to win this game. I can't understand. How the Cowboys are favored by five points in this game. It's just mind blowing. Like they have, you can maybe make the argument that the Eagles don't have that much to play for because they're going to ultimately end up with the one seed. Like, let's be real. They got to win one of these next three games and they're going to get it. But also by the same token, the it means basically the as little to the Cowboys, if, if that's the logic, because they're pretty much locked into the five seed if the Eagles you know, win any of their next three games as well. So I think it's an equally, you know, not, I mean, obviously when the, before the Cowboys lost to the Jaguars last week, this was shaping up to be an extremely important game matchup, whatever you want to call it. Now, not as much because the Cowboys kind of blew it and took themselves out of uh, contention for, for the one seed. So it really doesn't mean as much to either of these teams as it did a week ago. Um, but again, I, I don't, I can't fathom what, wh- why, why are the Eagles five, five point underdogs? They're a much clear, they're a clearly better football team. Am I wrong on that? I don't think so. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to sound homerish coming from, you know, an Eagles side of things, but <laughs> when you talk about like, I mean, this we're, we're, not... we're very realistic about the, about, I, I you know, agree, this, but this I know, team, but people are going to be almost Cowboys hard on them sometimes. I, well, yeah, someone say there's no one harder on them, um, than me, <laughs> but, um, Looking at Minshew, like, again, going back to motivation in this game, no one else has anything more to play for than he does. And I think that's not right. lost on his teammates, too. I think he's a guy, different, obviously different way than Jalen Hurts, because Hurts is the starter and the leader of the team. But I think the way Minshew, like, he almost has this, like, myth to him, the whole Minshew mania thing. And I think that resonates with his, like, his teammates really like him. I think at least that's what I've gathered from being around him. Yeah. And I think that goes a long way. And I think they want to win for him. They want to be like, you know, like, hey, Gardner has been a really good soldier. Um, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that he doesn't get to play because Jalen is so good. But now he does. Let's go out there. And hey, we need to, we know we need to step up because we know we don't have hurts back there. And 
Uh, he's not going to be able to carry us. This is, like, I guess, a little bit of a Bill Simmons like Ewing theory thing. Like sometimes mm-hmm. the team can be a little bit better when the star player isn't there because everyone else feels like they have to step up their games. And I think there's something to that when it comes to that wide receiver mismatch again. I mean, the Cowboys don't even really know who they're playing opposite of Trayvon Diggs. Like they've been trying to like figure out: is it Calvin Joseph? Are they benched or is it Nashawn Wright? And neither yeah. guys look like the solution. Deron Bland. Deron Bland, I don't think they want to move him out of the slot because they feel like he's done a good yeah. job there um, re- replacing Jordan Lewis. The Cowboys have allowed the fourth most uh, fantasy football points on average to receivers this season, and that's in part because they've allowed the second most touchdowns to wide receivers this season with 18. This is mm-hmm. coming off a big week for Devontae and A.J. Brown against the Bears. Like I think those guys are going to eat, and to me, like I'm all about – taking advantage of a Cowboys run defense that's probably a little suspect too in one of the weaker areas of the team. That was a big reason why they traded for Jonathan Hankins earlier this year, who is now an IR, by the way. But like, And, and I know Lander, Leighton Vander Esch isn't playing, so certainly that's something you're going to want to look to mix in there. But to me, yeah. like, I'm if I'm Nick Sirianni and Shane Sykin, I am going after whoever that second cornerback is covering again and again and again until the Cowboys prove they can stop it. Yeah, and I mean, even with Van Der Esch being out, that's all the more reason to attack through the air because you got Dallas Goddard back and you mm-hmm. can attack uh, the middle of the field with him. Um, I think that's sort of an under-discussed um, point about this game, by the way, is that Goddard is back and not only back, but with an extra week of rest and uh, healing because he didn't play, they didn't activate him uh, for the Bears game. And I think there was something to the idea that they figured they could beat that team without Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And why, you know, put him out there any earlier than, you know, than was absolutely necessary. Goddard's so I think he's going reflected to be that, by the way. Like, he was, he seemed kind of bummed he didn't get a chance to play last week because he wanted to be back. Yeah. felt like he could be, but yeah. But, I mean, he's going to be fresh uh, heading into this game, I think. So you got, you, you got the big three now again in, in Brown, Smith, and Goddard. And I, you're right. Like, I think they're going to eat, and I think logic would dictate that because you have your backup in that you just go run heavy. I don't see it that way. I think they're going to come out throwing in this game. And uh, it's and I assume that the Cowboys realize that too. But I think the, generally generally speaking, I think the fan base is going to expect them to come out running. And, and I don't think we're going to see that. And I think they're going to come out passing. And I think they're going to have success with it. Uh, one of the interesting things in terms of the injury report this week, you know, I know Park, Pars, Micah Parsons is listed as questionable, but I'm pretty sure he's going to mm-hmm. play. It's just he missed two Illness. practices. Yeah with an illness and then he was uh, limited on um, Friday or Thursday. Sorry. Today's Friday. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong, who is second on their team in sacks and really having like a career year, mm-hmm. a really good year for them. He is questionable to play after being limited in practice all week. It was the same deal for him last week and he played, but he played like his lowest snap count of the season and he didn't log a stat. Mm-hmm. So I don't like know where he's at in terms of like being able to contribute healthy. He seems like he's really kind of might be going unless they were just trying to rest him and use him conservatively to be ready for this game. I, I don't know. Like that, that That's something interesting to watch to me is like he might not be fully there. Um, and even if he is, you know, like I trust this. He goes off offensive line, you know, to have a big game here like they did, I thought, for the most part in that first Cowboys matchup until, you know, Lane Johnson got banged up and that really kind of changed things. But assuming like they're all there, you just that said it. It's multiple Pro Bowl starters, and other, and the guys who aren't are Pro Bowl alternates. It's a it's obviously an amazing unit. 
Yeah, uh, Trayvon Diggs also a late addition to the injury report with an illness. So we'll see what happens. But maybe those guys just aren't as spry right. as they normally would be on Sunday. Hey, maybe um, maybe tempo is a good call in this game because maybe they're a little winded and they're kind of like yeah. you know sucking wind a bit and not feeling a hundred percent. Which you wouldn't expect from a team playing their third straight road game, and in this case on short rest. But yeah, I think there's some logic to that. Obviously the. The, the big matchup that every, that concerned everyone the first time around when these two teams met was, you know, well, how are you going to stop Micah Parsons from just wrecking the game? And the Eagles' solution to that was to just leave him unblocked and sort of read him and let him pick his poison. And uh, the Eagles had a lot of success um, basically employing uh, a similar strategy that they used against Von Miller uh, during their 2017 Super Bowl season when they just destroyed the Broncos. Uh, they just left Von Miller unblocked a lot, and and you know if he went one way, the Eagles went the other way. Um, is the very short non uh, X's and O's way of saying it. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see you know what they come up with for him uh, in this game because it's not going to catch the Cowboys by surprise uh, this time around. And I don't even know that you can really play that way against him in this game because you don't have the dual threat uh, in Gardner Minshew that you had in Jalen Hurts. A lot of the what they tried to do against Michael Parsons in the first matchup was uh, run a lot of you know zone read and uh, a lot of like sort of rollout stuff where Hertz could either run or throw. Um, you're not going to do as much of the, those kinds of things with Gardner Minshew. Um, another thing to note in this game, though, of course, was the Eagles smoked the Cowboys in the first half in that first matchup. And if you'll recall, uh, Lane Johnson got hurt uh, near the end of yep. the first half in that game. And didn't didn't come back. He didn't he didn't play the rest of that game. And the Eagles went super conservative thereafter. Like they right. had a they had a chance after the Cowboys scored. I think it was a field goal uh, near the end of the first half. Uh, the Cowboys the Eagles had some time on the clock to maybe drive down and and kick a field goal in situations where they had done that several times throughout the year. You know, early in the year they had actually had a ton of success, uh, sort of putting points on the board just before the end of the first half when they didn't have a lot of time to operate. And they just decided to shut it down. And the reason why was because they were afraid of Michael Parsons with Lane Johnson out of the lineup. And then, of course, in the in the second half, um, Lane Johnson didn't play at all. And they were super conservative. They just ran the crap out of the ball. And, um, you know, I think with Lane Johnson presumably being healthy uh, for the entirety of this game, um, again, I don't think there's there's any any reason to be conservative in this game. Come out and throw it, and um, you know let Lane Johnson uh, sort of lock up Michael Parsons. But I know again, getting back to the main point, they're not going to catch the Cowboys off guard with um, you know a lot of that read option stuff like they did in the first in the first matchup. Yeah, and Minshew's not like a non factor as a runner. I would say obviously huge drop off from Jalen. It's just not a weapon. Yeah. Not a weapon, but like respectable. I would say a respectable runner. I think he has like a five point something career average. Like it's not, it's not bad. Um, he can. Okay, let me see here. Um, rushing. It's good yeah, pocket eight, presence. Rushing. He's not going to beat many guys in a foot race. He is at a yeah. He's a four point eight. Or sorry, yeah, four point eight yards. Um, point, and there's some kneel downs in there, so that kind of weighs it down. But more recently this year, or four point eight is anyway, actually surprisingly uh, high. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like he's not like he like it's an op- you can do some of that. Not base your entire offense. You can mix it in. You can put a play in there where like you know if they if the Cowboys don't respect him keeping it, he can he can rattle off you know like seven yards mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, at least uh, make them think. 
Yes. Yeah. And I, I wonder if they might try to do that early just to kind of be like, okay. Um, anyway, uh, going back to Minshew's, like his stats for his career, his touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, you have to think too, the guys he, th- he was throwing to in Jacksonville, like he, he, here is leading receivers from 2019 when he was a rookie. DJ Shark, who went over a thousand, Chris Conley and DD Westbrook. Those were his top three receivers Oof. in 2019. Yeah. And then in 2020, DJ Shark again, who only had 700, uh, Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault. So like, and then Chris Conley again, <laughs> I think those are, those are his top guys. Uh, so yeah. yeah, like he did all that with not the best talent around him, not to mention like an offensive line that was never amazing for him down there. Not to mention what, like Doug Marone, as opposed to Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen coaching, like, you know, he's in a much more favorable situation here. Yeah. And even in like the first drive of the, of the, in the totally meaningless game last year, um, when the Eagles rested all their starters and, uh, he played in, in that week 18 game, mm-hmm. he went right down the field and, and scored on that opening drive against the, against the Cowboys starters with, you know, a full, complement of backups like it was him and all the other eagles backups on offense and they drove right down the field on the cowboys defense except jason kelsey one snap right <laughs> right so uh you know even with a you know not a full complement of of uh you know his his surrounding personnel brett toast playing center he did he did more in that game than i mean just last night you saw what the jets offense looked like like he did more in that in that one drive than a lot of teams do in in, in a lot of these games so uh, yeah, I, I, have, I have full confidence in uh, in Gardner Minshew to just, you know, not make any dumb decisions. Well, I mean, not maybe not make any dumb decisions, but for the most part, to to play smart football and um, you know not put the ball in harm's way uh, all that often. And and I think they'll be able to move the ball and 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 put points on the board. Yes, I think you know Gardner Minshew. Um, you have confidence in him not losing you the game. He might not win it for you, but he will he will not lose you the game. At least that's your expectation. Uh, all right. Let's take a break here. Before we do, briefly, let me tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order of meat snacks or the non-meat snacks. It's under the artisan snack section on their website. Uh, Help support a local business. Help support the podcast here. It's a good post-holiday gift since, you know, you're listening to this, or, or sorry, we're recording this on Festivus, the 23rd. And, uh, oh, right. and there are, yeah, there are no grievances to air with Righteous Felon. Only good things to say about our wonderful sponsor. So go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN20 for 20% off the same meat snacks that the Philadelphia Eagles eat at the NovaCare Complex. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. The Eagles defense, Jimmy, going up against this Cowboys offense. Like kind of a weird evaluation or discourse with Dak Prescott this year. He's thrown intercept at least one interception in every single game this year, except for two. He ranks tied for third in the league in interceptions. Only Matt Ryan and Davis Mills have thrown more, despite the fact that mm-hmm. he's played in fewer games because of his injury. A lot of Cowboys fans and RJ brought up some stat this week that was like, he is the highest number of interceptions that like aren't his fault or some kind of some kind of something of that ilk i don't think it was exactly that but he <laughs> did not he, there have been some there have been some tipped passes Exa- that wound up well as inter- but but there also a lot of those picks. throws are are not good throws or or decisions where he put the ball in his, in his position where a defender could get a hand on the ball pop it up and somebody else pick it off so well, I've, he, I've heard all that discourse. I'll, I let, you, I'll let you continue. Well, I'm saying there's <laughs> I'm also sorry. been dropped picks this year. And we. And that's yeah, not yeah, something yeah. I'm saying in hindsight. I was saying that as like in week one, I'm like, <laughs> right. and I tweeted it during the game. I was like, anecdotally, I see like a lot of drop picks from Dak here. A lot of balls that have been put in harm's way. So to me, like that kind of evens out to some extent. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That, like what we're seeing is not a total anomaly. I think we're seeing the reality of who Dak, Dak Prescott is this season. And the reality is he's having like one of the and, – and he's had a good career, so this isn't saying he's terrible right now. But he's having one of the worst seasons of his – arguably the worst season of his career. And I said to RJ, not that I expect Dak to come into this game and throw three picks like automatic, but I don't – the way he's been throwing the ball this year and not protecting it, if I'm the Eagles, I feel like whereas with, you know, let's say they're facing Joe Burrow or whatever right now, I'd, I'd probably be like, I don't know if they're going to be able to get him. I don't know if they're going to be able to get a takeaway on him. I feel very confident they're going to get like at least one takeaway on deck. I mean, they put up some really crooked numbers against, um, you know, some other teams this year. Like they beat the Colts 54 to 19. <laughs> they beat the Vikings 40 to three. They beat the Bears 49 uh, to 29. So they're capable of putting a ton of points on the board, mm-hmm. but there's been less of that than there's been sort of, you know, games where, They've just kind of struggled, and Dak Prescott hasn't really looked that great. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been sort of unimpressed in a number of the Cowboys games. Not all of them. Like, they've, they've mm-hmm. looked very good at times. But in a, in a number of the Cowboys games this year, I've been unimpressed with, with what I have saw basically from their offense as a whole and from Dak Prescott. And heading into this season, it's it was arguably his worst – supporting cast uh, around him the, of his career. Um, you'd always look at these these Cowboys teams and go, oh, man, look at the, this trio of receivers. How are we going to cover all those right. guys? And then you look at their offensive line, which has always been, you know, I mean, maybe overrated <laughs> for the last good. half yeah. decade or so, but certainly a very good offensive line. 
they don't have as strong an offensive line this year as they've had in the past. Like I think that the tackles are a potential problem area with mm-hmm. Tyler Smith at at left tackle. So the Cowboys have only allowed 19 sacks in the season, by the way, mm-hmm. which is best in the NFL. They're tied with two other teams. I forget who they are. Um, Tyler Smith has given up six of those per PFF. Um, and then on the other side, you have Tyron Smith, hmm. the soon to be, you know, the, he's going to be a, a Hall of Famer who's basically platooning or he platooned, he split time, we'll say, mm-hmm. with Jason Peters uh, last week against the Jaguars in the first game since Terrence Steele was lost for the season with, I forget what his injury was. Um, doesn't matter. He's done for the year. <laughs> so those two guys split time at, at right tackle. I think the edges are where the Eagles um, can attack. But then also the receivers, you have CeeDee Lamb, who is a bona fide number one kind of receiver. Like he he's, uh, he's very good. And I think he's taken a, a, a leap from, from, you know, this first two years in the league to, to this year. I think he's already over a thousand yards or, or close enough to it. Uh, but he is very clearly, you know, the, the Cowboys best passing game weapon. And then it's not even close. He has double the number of receiving yards than uh, the next closest player to him. Mm-hmm. Um, their other receivers are Michael Gallup and Noah Brown, who, you know, are fine. Gallup is, um, you know, not the same player that he was, uh, you know, just a year removed from, was he ACL or was he Achilles? Do you remember? ACL, I believe. And then Noah Brown has had uh, a lot of plays where he's had drops and, and, you know, sort of mistakes that the pick pick six against the Jaguars was a flat out drop. So that, that, that pick was definitely not on deck by the way. So Mm -hmm. like the one where uh, the, the the Jaguars returned for a touchdown, uh, if RJ and the Cowboys folks, you know, want to put that INT on somebody else. I agree fully on that one. That was a pass that Dak actually Dak made a pretty nice play on that. Really quick on and, that Dak uh, thing. I mean, this is sorry to like really get in the weeds on this. <laughs> no, but, go ahead. And I, I I haven't looked at the play from the. I'm kind of rambling here anyway. <laughs> but I think I, I agree. The throw was not on Dak, but in theory, there might have been someone open earlier in that play, or he could have you know killed it earlier, and he kind of ran around and threw like he rolled to the left, which is not a strong side and threw off his back foot into traffic. So, you know, like he kind of jumped as he threw too. It was, it was ugly right. looking. <laughs> so was the, could the catch have been made? Yes. But that doesn't mean like he bears 0% responsibility on that play. You know, if there was someone wide open down the field and he throws a pick, even if the ball was right in the guy's hands, is he not culpable at all? Anyway, sorry. Just, I, it's just yeah, the, yeah. To the larger point that I don't think Dak is like a victim. <laughs> Yeah, get, get, getting back to the overall yeah. point, Dak, he's heading into it. He's always been blessed with ex, you know extremely uh, appealing talent around him. Now they still yeah. have the running backs like uh, Tony Pollard and and Ezekiel Elliott are. Uh, let's let's be honest, it's fantastic like running back duo. And Zeke isn't the player that he used to be, but he's certainly yeah. useful on their offense as a guy that can you know mash between the tackles. And Pollard is just really good. Like he's averaging what like five and a half yards per carry or something like that. Um, he's got nine rushes of over 20 yards, which I think right. is third best in the NFL. He's um, a big play but the, that duo, sure. he, that, and he's, yeah, he's, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. So is Zeke, by the way, are both good receivers out of the backfield. Um, so those guys are, are really the engine that drives the Cowboys off. And the, the Cowboys want to run the ball. They're actually the seventh most run heavy offense, um, in the NFL. And the Eagles have faced their share of run heavy offenses in recent weeks bears the most run heavy offense in, in the league titans are always top five 
Giants, I think, were the sixth uh, most run heavy. So they've faced these teams recently, and they, they've done a good job shutting down the run, making them one dimensional, and then getting after the and getting after the quarterback uh, once they've achieved that. And I think that's going to be the recipe again. Um, this week against this Dallas team, sort of the <laughs> the old Jim Schwartz way of doing things. I think Jonathan Gannon's done a great job of sort of adapting his approach um, as they've sort of faced all these run-heavy teams in recent weeks. Um, and, and they've had success with it. Like You have all these run-heavy teams, and they're still sacking these teams like seven yeah. seven sacks against the Bears, six against the uh, against the, the Titans, I think, and Giants. seven against the Giants. Oh. I, I might have that flip-flopped. But you have like – you know, seven and seven and six. You're talking about like 20 sacks in three games. It's outstanding against three really run heavy teams. Uh, so I think they're going to want to keep that approach going against the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, I would say I feel really good about the Eagles matchup in the secondary with their cornerbacks going up against the Cowboys receivers. CD Lamb mm-hmm. is great, but I will I will take my chances in terms of what the Eagles have going up against him. I think they'll be able to contain him, uh, not necessarily shut him down, but prevent him from breaking the game wide open. Uh, the running game is probably what concerns me the most from Dallas on offense. Um, mm-hmm. Now, and that's in part because the Eagles, what's their biggest weakness, I would say, as a team? I'd argue it's tackling. They're not a good tackling team. They've been better than they were earlier in the year. That's certainly something that I think there's a concern level with. Um, Eagles did a good job against Tony Pollard earlier this season, relatively, at least. They only allowed him 44 rushing yards on 11 carries. He had four, so 4.0 average. And they only let him catch two passes for eight yards. You know, obviously, Cooper Rush is playing. That certainly is a factor to consider. They actually did a good job against him, but Zeke, Jimmy, Zeke had his best game of the season by far against the Eagles. He had 13 for 81. He was at 6.2 mm-hmm. yards per carry. Also had a touchdown, had a catch for five yards. Is that his uh, best game of the season? From an, a rushing, from an average perspective, yeah. I mean, it's not his best rushing total. Really? He was at 92 against the Giants, but he that was on three more carries. So mm. 11 okay. more yards. That's interesting. More carries. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think uh, that's interesting. But now to counter that, Eagles also played him at a time and they didn't have Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue right um, to be part of their rotation and i think against him specifically uh like that's a good way to kind of counter that because you know he's you're probably seeing him a lot through the between the tackles and those guys i think are going to be able to continue to kind of muddy the waters if you will in the middle there uh and the whole rotation i think you know is there's some i mean milton williams made a really nice play last week and he chased down that screen that wasn't a run stop um but i think they're getting generally good play out of the defensive tackles a little concerned about Fletcher Cox, maybe, um, after last week's game. Uh, I don't think he posted the stat. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Eagles are probably better equipped to stop the run now than they were earlier in the year. But of course, again, Dak being there instead of Cooper Rush probably makes the running game more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I'm sorry, what, what was that last point that you made? Uh, Dak being there instead of Cooper Rush, I think, makes the Cowboys run game more dangerous because you have to respect like Dak right. to some extent as a mobile threat. For sure. And I also think that like the, the Eagles run defense has kind of come a long way uh, yeah. this year. Like I think their their run defense in week six is not the same as it has been. I mean, really, these last three weeks, they've 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 shut down Derrick Henry like he had 11 carries, 30 yards, I think it was. Saquon Barkley had like nine carries for like 28 yards or something like that. Um, Justin Fields had 
I mean, really an amazing run. <laughs> but other than that one play where he was basically Christian Okoye and Tecmo Bowl, um, yeah, I mean, they, they did a nice job on him and, and David Montgomery in that Bears game. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think that the, the Cowboys rushing attack is the biggest concern, uh, mm-hmm. in this game, but I also feel like the Eagles, you know, are, are a lot better equipped, uh, to stop the run, not only just because they've, you know, added guys like, like jo- Joseph has been the biggest really difference maker in, in the run game, uh, but him and Sue. And, um, but b- beyond all that, I think just the defense's focus towards stopping the run, um, has been a, a big deal. And, and, you know, we, we, I say we as like the, the general, we not necessarily me and you, Brandon, but the general Philadelphia, we, the Royal, um, we, the Royal, we sort of hard on, uh, Jonathan Gannon, <laughs> you know, earlier in the year and on, on the run defense. And uh, maybe he hasn't gotten enough credit for adjusting and, and really, um, sort of tamping that down and, and, and adjusting his approach and, and the odd thing is that all it's done is really help what he seeks to stop in the first place, which is the pass. Uh, but by shutting down the run first and foremost and making them one dimensional, like the old Jim Schwartz approach, um, you know, it's, it's really kind of made, made the defense come together and they've been able to, you know, I mean, just hammer quarterbacks uh, over these last three, four games. So um, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, uh, it's the run game that would concern me most, but um yeah, Ken, I just don't see how this Cowboys team is better. How are they five-point favorites? It's crazy. What do you call it when the king takes a bathroom break? I don't know. The royal we. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, anyway, um, last thing I wanted to say on the run game part was I think if you're looking to the template of how the commanders beat the Eagles earlier this year, which, again, I don't think is extremely – sustainable and it's this oh amazing blueprint but i think if you're worrying about how the cowboys can utilize some of that it's that they have the personnel and potentially the ability to continue to get into some of these third and shorts like the commanders were doing a lot or third and manageable and really neuter the eagles pass rush the eagles have been the best team by far jimmy this year at getting sacks on third down and that in some part because they're earning the right, the right to rush the passer, and they're forcing third and longs and then getting a chance to tee off on the quarterback if mm-hmm. the Cowboys aren't providing those opportunities by continuing to stay uh, on script, if you will, then that's going to kind of counter against that and also could help keep the Eagles' offense on the sideline if they're going to go on these long-scoring drives. So um, that's certainly a way Dallas has played in the past as well, where like back in – especially when Dak was uh, – and even prior to Dak, like going back to the 2014 Cowboys, they're they're like they were they were and when their defense wasn't as good, they used to be able to hide it because they just had their offense on the field forever and they would just run the ball and go on these long scoring drives and like dominate time of possession. And they would be a really hard team to beat when they were up because like when the game script was going in their in their favor, they were able to do that. On the on the other hand, if you did get a lead against them, then it was tough. Like they couldn't they couldn't they weren't a team that was able to kind of come back and fight um, from a deficit. So uh, not exactly, I think, the same team uh, as in the past, but it's it's part of what they, they have done and can do. Uh, any other final thoughts on the Cowboys offense? Yeah, I think the one the one player that really would, uh, that I think is potential problem spot is Kevontae Turpin, the, uh, the, the Pro Bowl returner, oh, yeah. who, had a good, who had a good game against the Eagles. I mean, he had the long return, 
that sort of sparked the Cowboys at the end of that first oh, yeah. half. They they got points and they they had done they'd done nothing in mm-hmm. that game to that point. A big re- was it was it a kick return or a punt return? I don't it's remember. Kick return because the Eagles had just scored. And he, had, I believe. He, had, he had a big return, put him in in almost in the field goal range, and then you know, Cowboys put three on the board and and uh, you know I think that made them you feel a little better heading into halftime mm-hmm. uh, than they would have otherwise. He's a Pro Bowl returner and and deservedly so. And uh, I think they're special teams. That, well, do you, did you happen to take a look at what they are, DVOA? That's something you normally take a look at. Right? Uh, I can look it up. But I will say, like, anecdotally, I think they've you know been better recently. The Titans game is like, a great game for them. And then they've had the two big returns for themselves the past two weeks with the Boston Scott against the Giants and then the, uh, the Bears as well. Uh, they've been better. And I think they've been better in part because – uh, and we're recording this when, as of a roster move, has not been made. But I'm, I'm guessing they're going to bring up uh, Christian Ellis from the practice squad and IR Tyree mm-hmm. Jackson. That seems kind of like a, a no-brainer move. Like, so they're better in part because they, like, my point being, Christian Ellis wasn't playing in that first Eagles Cowboys game, and I think he makes not like all the difference, but he makes he certainly helps having him. Uh, the Eagles, by the way, in DVOA for special teams, they rank. Uh wow, higher than you well no, sorry, this is twenty twenty one. I was like, wow, higher than you would expect. Um no, they're only fifty. <laughs> Dallas is sixth. Okay. Dallas is sixth, and then the Eagles this year are towards wow. They're sixteenth. They're up to sixteenth. How is that possible? I don't know. Well they've been played better the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I guess, but I mean they're better than they're better than more than half the league. Probably not. They're better than. <laughs> that's like. Uh, better. I, I think Tampa, their their overall DVOA is like 13. I was like, what? How's that possible? <laughs> anyway. Tampa um, is 15th overall. Oh, no, I, don't, I don't mean special teams. I just no, mean I, overall. I know. I'm saying they're overall. Oh, they moved down then. Okay. A week ago, they were 13. All right. Uh, anyway, Wanting whatever. Break. All right, yeah. Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors. You looking for buy? You looking to buy a buy or sell a house? A house home mixed between a, a home and a house. A, a house. A house. Not a hose <laughs> you, though. You can call. You can call her at eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Again, eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. It's Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. RoachRealtors.com. Brandon. By Santa's father himself. God. All right. Back after this. <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Roach Realtors. Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five nine two nine five. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. It's time for our picks against the spread, including our Eagles Cowboys prediction. I will briefly say before we get into this segment that every week this season we'll be cooking up our own same game parlay. That our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage, and it'll be listed as the bleeding green parlay with the, the BGN official logo on there for all of you, our loyal listeners, to follow. I will be tweeting out the Eagles same game parlay this week, the BGN, on the at bleeding green Twitter account on Christmas Eve morning. 
So stay tuned for what that will be. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jimmy, last week, we both went three and one against the spread. Not great. Oh, all right. I got screwed. And if you will remember, <laughs> listener, I like when I was picking the Saints game, I'm like, I know I'm going to get screwed with this minus four here. I know the Saints are going to win, and they're going to win by freaking three points. And sure enough, it's exactly what happened. So I got the straight up pick right, but I got the cover wrong by a point. So that was annoying. Um, I took the Jags to win outright against the Cowboys, and that was my faith in Doug Peterson was rewarded. Um, so those were the sole wins for you and me on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Uh, you are now 25-31-1 and one against the spread. I am 29-27. Really? 27 that bad, huh? One. Yep. And then we're both 12-2 and two straight up when we're picking the Eagles this season. All right, so let's get into it this week. The New Orleans Saints, who are still alive, in the wretched NFC South, they actually have a 2% chance of making the playoffs. They can be eliminated if they lose and the Bucks win. So Eagles fans would certainly be rooting for that to make sure the all hope is snuffed out for the Saints, especially before they come to Philly next week. Uh, Saints are at the Browns, and the Browns are three-point favorites. Yeah, the Bucks play the Cardinals, I think, right? Yes, and they're like seven-and-a-half-point road favorites. Have you watched any of the hard knocks like in season no. Cardinals thing? <laughs> I, 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 I had, there was nothing on TV. I, I, again, I couldn't get out of bed mm-hmm. and it was on HBO and I caught like an episode of that, man, what a depressing, what a depressing team that is. Holy crap. There was just, everyone was just sad and lamenting how bad the season was going it was it was very depressing to watch what are they like four and ten or something it doesn't matter who cares the bucks are probably gonna win that game um saints at browns browns are what did you say there i have three minus two and a half favorites what was it three point home favorites three i like the better one was two and a half but um and i don't like this browns team at all man this is a tough call actually i'll take the browns why not I'll lay the three. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. The Saints are really banged up. I mean, they have been all year. They're missing Chris Olave in this game. They have some other injury issues they're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Browns have the better run game. It's going to be cold. The, the Falcons were starting Desmond Ritter as a rookie first game, and, like, he didn't play well at all. Like, I don't think that was And they about, still almost lost. <laughs> still almost lost. I don't think that's about the Saints being great. The, the Browns aren't amazing, but they do have somewhat of an identity going for them. Like, they like to run the football. It's something they can do. Um, Watson, for as much as he is a very not rootable player, um, and it's not really been good with his arm, can still run around a little bit. And Miles mm-hmm. Garrett's a beast, so you know I think you'd give the Saints some problems there. Uh, I, and the Browns are—I uh, don't know—I don't really know that they're playing for playoff position at this, or you know, making a wild card run at this point. Um, I think they're done. Hold on, let me. Let me uh, They're—they're—they're they're, they're just like the Saints. They're two percent. But, you know, in theory, they're still holding on. And I still think even if they uh, were eliminated, there's they're a team that, like, you know, because Watson was missing so much, they want to finish the year on a – especially on a strong note um, as opposed to, like, just kind of tanking, tanking and riding it out for draft position because they don't even have their first-round pick anyway. Right, uh, right, right. going to Houston. So they have everything to play for still. Both of them. A lot, lot, lot of parallels between these two teams now that there, you're mentioning there it. There you go. So I'll <laughs> take the Browns. I think the Browns win in cover. All right, we move to the Giants, the New York football Giants. Very impressive win over the Commanders. Um, yep. I didn't think they were going to win that at all. <laughs> no, me neither. 
and uh, they are four-point dogs against the Vikings. I'll take the Vikings. Or sorry, I'll take the Giants outright. Really? Because I don't believe in the Vikings. Just come back. Miss me with that being this great accomplishment. Didn't even cover against the Colts. <laughs> like, that's pathetic. Okay, it's the, the comeback in itself is an amazing effort, yes. But needing a to come back from 33 down to the Colts is pathetic. And this Vikings team is largely pathetic. And um, I know the Giants are also not as good as their record indicates, which you could say about the Vikings. But um, And maybe they don't win, but... The Giants, more often than not this year, have kind of hung around. They fought. They're still fighting for a playoff spot here, whereas the Vikings already locked up the North and really don't realistically have a shot at the number one seed uh, at this point because the tiebreakers, uh, they, they, they have lost to both the Cowboys and the Eagles. And by the way, Jimmy, I should mention that the Eagles should be paying attention to this game because with a Vikings loss or a Vikings tie, the Eagles can clinch the number one seed with a tie of their own against the Cowboys. Now, is that likely to happen? No, but in theory, like if you're playing the Cowboys and it goes to overtime and it's late in the game and you have a chance to run out the clock versus like, you know, try some desperation play, you just run the clock out and you tie and then you, you know, you clinch the number one seed that way. So, uh, but I will take the Giants plus four. What about you? (laughs) Uh, I assume they're going to have t-shirts and hats and stuff for like, if they, remember Jim Schwartz used to talk about, you don't want to be the the, the no the, hat you don't want to have the, the t-shirt and hats on your own on your own field. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about that. The the Eagles. I guess you don't get a t-shirt. No. I, well, I guess they would clinch the division too if they won this game. So yeah. Yes. It's a t-shirt and hat game well, for the there's Eagles. There's also I a scenario of that. clinching scenario where the Vikings win and then the Eagles would be able to clinch the division, but not the one seed if they tied. It's like uh, in the office, Kevin Malone says, "I said, <laughs> I think the Eagles." can clinch the NFC East. And she said, we're done. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. It's over. Um, I'll take the Vikings. I was more, I'm I'm more impressed by what they did against the Colts than, uh, than you were. Uh, Obviously, you know, falling behind 33 to nothing or is that what it was? 33 to nothing. (laughs) I mean, that's certainly pathetic. Uh, But Hey, Hand it it to Kirk Cousins, who played his ass off in the second half, Mm. overcame two plays, two interceptions that were 100% Jalen Rager's fault. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, maybe a fault Cousins a little bit for even throwing to Rager. Honestly, Um, yes. You have to say that that is more than 0%. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? You can't throw to him. You just know you can't. You can't do it. Yeah, the first one, Rager posted up against the zone defense. Cousins threw, and as he's throwing, Rager moved his spot. <laughs> like he did. I don't know if it was him or JJ had a had a classic example of that uh, in the twenty nineteen season JJ. or the twenty twenty season with uh, with Wentz. Uh, I think I think it might have been JJ. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then the other interception, he just stopped running his route, and like the ball might have been there for him. Um, but yeah, Kirk Cousins had a big comeback. Uh, it impressed me. Yeah, sorry, did. And I don't think the Giants have anyone that can cover Justin Jefferson. So I'll take sure. the Vikings and I'll lay the four. We'll go to the Bay Area, where the Commanders are six and a half point underdogs going up against the 49ers. I'll take the 49ers. Who is scoring on this? For- no one is like this. Is this? This is certainly 
And the, first of all, the commanders do not have this prolific offense. They're not great at putting up points. The way they win right. games is they play ball control offense. That is their formula. Yeah. You can't do that against the 49ers who will can certainly keep the scoring down in this game. I mean, unless Brock Purdy just turns the ball over like, you know, five times, which well, mm-hmm. I mean, probably not five, but if he, he could do it a couple times, so that's cer- certainly something to consider. Chase Young's back for this game for the Commanders, but I don't, I don't care. Forty ers are rolling right now. I'll take the them to cover uh, six and a half. Yeah, I like it better at six and a half than at seven, which which is what I saw it at. Uh, I'll take the Commanders. I'll lay the six and a half. They're just on a roll, and um, like you said, their defense is on fire. Brock Purdy's been fine. I don't think he's, you know, a god among men like some people have made him out to be. Uh, certainly, he's way better than you would expect your number three quarterback to be. Um, but yeah, this is just a team that, that is playing great defense. And then all the skill position players in the offensive line on offense are are rallying around Purdy. And um, yeah, they're just smoking teams right now. And I, I, I assume, by the way, the commanders with their loss to the Giants put themselves in a very tough spot to make the playoffs and it's only going to get worse after this week. If Brock Purdy was a god among men, he would use Kristen Roach as his realtor. He would <laughs> he would say that For sure. Nice. All right. He would also uh, eat he'd be he'd be eating uh righteous selling. Righteous felon. Yeah. I mean he might already, I don't know. <laughs> um all right. It's time for the big game. The one that everyone cares about the most. By the way, did you mm-hmm. know the big game in addition to being like, you know, said for the Super Bowl without having to, you know, worry about saying the Super Bowl because of rights issues or whatever is also the name of what's it like Stanford versus uh Cal? I'm messing it up. Stanford versus someone. There's a big, you know, the, that that rivalry, the game Stanford that, Cal is the big rivalry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the big game. That's what they call it. Did you know that? Uh no. Yeah, the California Stanford rivalry is called like the big game. That's the name of the game between those two teams. I didn't know that. It's it dates back to like the eighteen hundreds too, the late eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Big game. I see it. Yeah, just Google it. So that's big crazy. game. It's, it's not even the of, big game. It's just big game. Yes, big game. And it's also I was reading this recently. I went down a Wikipedia. Uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Not time hole, rabbit hole. And it's part of so the. This I like loved in in a way that I hated is that the NFL tried to also like trademark the big game. They tried to not let people have that either. <laughs> so like, what are you going to be able to say? So you just can't refer to the game at all. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's like the that's like Seattle with their twelfth man 12th BS. Man. When Texas A and M has had that for forever. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, Eagles at Cowboys. This line has. Moved all around from when it opened to Jalen Hurts news about his shoulder to maybe Jalen Hurts being able to play when him and Sirianni both said he might be able to play during his press conference to Hurts being ruled out. It is currently, so I think at the lowest, it was the Cowboys favored by one point. And at the highest, it was the Cowboys favored by six. Right now, is which is what we're picking with. The Eagles are four and a half point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. I already know which way you're going to go because you said the Eagles are better than the yeah. Cowboys. So I'm assuming <laughs> you're going to take the points because you think at least I, I'm guessing that they at least cover. I mean, it was the Eagles were minus or the Cowboys were minus one before anyone knew that Jalen Hurts was hurt or was going to you know was that there was any thought of him missing this game, which even then to me was crazy. Like the, the Eagles are just a better football team mm-hmm. and significant, like significantly better unquestionably like 
uh, there's the Eagles and then there's a gap and then there's the Cowboys when they have Jalen Hurts. Um, with Jalen Hurts out and Gardner Minshew, that changes things a bit, but still think they're a very clearly better football team. I will take the Eagles outright to mm. win this game. And you're going to give me five points on top of it too? Of course. I'll take them. Absolutely. What would you tease this line to in the Eagles favor if you, since you feel good about them winning? Like, let's say, let's, like, what would you. Okay. So, like, if I, well, I mean, if I just, if you just did like money line, do you know what the money line uh, odds are? They're probably yes. pretty good. I have the Eagles money line at plus 170. Yeah, that's a no-brainer to so me. So for those who don't understand, by the way, that would be you could you could um, bet $100 and you would win a payout of $270 if you did that. It would be one, you'd win right. 170 and you'd get your 100 back. Right, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what, that's what yeah. the payout would be because you're paying the money and then you're getting it back. But yes. Yeah. So yeah. as opposed to if you were going to bet on the Cowboys money line, they're minus two hundred. You would have to bet two hundred dollars to get a hundred dollars. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. So you know, yeah. So obviously, the Eagles' outcome is less likely. But what would you? Let's say the Eagles were like, fate, would you take the Eagles minus four and a half? Uh, yeah. I mean, if the odds were juicy enough, sure. I think there's there's a chance the Eagles could smoke this team. Mm. Absolutely. <sighs> Once upon a time, the Cowboys are good. But like, if you like. If you watch them week in and week out, they have holes like in significant places on their roster, and they're very inconsistent. You look back at everyone has been talking about how previously an Eagles backup quarterback went to Dallas around Christmas time and delivered a big win. Shout out to Jeff Garcia. Uh, he's our baby. And <laughs> that's obviously gotten a lot of coverage. John Solness did a nice article about that for us at BleedingGreenNation.com. Another backup quarterback by the for the Eagles who went down to yeah. Dallas on a holiday and a game that I'm not seeing talked about was Mark Sanchez went down to freaking Dallas right. and beat yeah. Tony Romo and the Cowboys in the best offensive line in NFL history. So yeah. W- who would you rather have at their, you know, peak, especially as a backup? Mark Sanchez or Gardner Minshew? If Mark Sanchez can go down there and do that <laughs> with what he had, then yeah, why can't the Eagles go down to Dallas? and get a big win in this spot with so much to play for. It's, 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 I don't want to hear it's meaningless. I don't want to hear it's juiceless. It's the number one seed. You lock it up with two more weeks to go. If you're the players, if you're the starters, you're like, man, we take care of business this week, and then we got to, to cruise for a little bit. Yeah, to rest yeah, that, our bodies. Right. That's awesome. Like, yeah, heck yeah, <laughs> right. I want to do that, as opposed to having to go out again the next two weeks, potentially, or at least one more week, and play. And on New Year's, too, because the, the Saints game is on New Year's Day. You know, yeah. like you have to play on New Year's Day. I'm sure, you know, I don't know. It's not the players are like going wild, but, you know, maybe they could have a little bit more fun if they were able to actually not uh, have to play for something in week 17. So, um, you know, if the Eagles lose this game, it's not like the sky is falling by any means. They just need one win in their last two games. But, you know, it does lessen the margin for error at the end of the season. And I do think, by the way, I don't know if you agree. I do think we will see Jalen Hurts next week if the Eagles lose this game. Do you agree with that? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, unless like it's just like the shoulder is somehow way worse than we thought and he really needs the time off. Or, you know, if Minshew plays like out of his mind, then maybe they ride with him again 
Um, but if Minshew struggles, yeah, like if he has a great game yeah. and, and somehow like the defense falls apart unexpectedly right. and they lose like a forty-two to forty game, you know what I yeah. mean? Then right, they, they, let's like they lose in like a sixty-three yard field goal. Minshew like <laughs> didn't you know was like amazing the whole game, yeah, in uh, overtime something like that, sure. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna take the Eagles to win, and it all comes back to vibes for me, and I just I can't move off of the Mike Leach thing for Minshew. And I, and I think about that. And I also brought this up on the SB nation NFL show. So sorry for repeating myself, but I think about how Gardner Minshew was just so freaking pumped last year after the Eagles beat the jets. And he was in the parking lot with his dad, dad, that viral clip that John yeah. Clark posted. He was fired up, man. And that's not like, it's not a put on, it's not a show. Like that's how he is. Like he gets, yeah, that's him. Like, and I just think there's something to the fact that Gardner Minshew would not be in the NFL if it were not for Mike Leach. Like Mike Leach meant a lot to him. And I think he wants to go out and have this huge game. And again, raise his profile ahead of being a free agent in this offseason. I think he's going to turn in a special performance that we're going to remember for a long time and will be part of what has been a very special season for the Eagles. As you reflect back, like upon the 2017 Eagles, for example, you think about like, oh, that Panthers game. Like they, that was like their coming out party. You know, you, there's these moments along the way that you think about. And I think this is going to be one of them for this season, which has been a special season. So, um, Players, players on this team care about the other players on the team. By the way, right? There was the the example of the Giants game where Darius Slay had a speech to the team. Um, I don't know if it was the night before the game or the day. I think it was the night before the game where uh, he was. He said he was playing that game uh, for James Bradbury. Yeah. He said this game means a lot to James Bradbury playing against his old team that cut him in May or whatever. Blah 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 blah. Uh, and because it means a lot to James Bradbury, it means a lot to me. I'm gonna play my ass off for James Bradbury. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the this speech evidently um, got a standing ovation from the from all the Eagles players. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like that that same sentiment will be applied to Gardner Minshew this week. And for what it's worth, you get these positive reports that are practiced that Minshew's like slinging it around. Sure. I don't think that's like everything because what are they going to say? It's like, oh, he looked terrible. No, but I do think that it's, they don't have to say that. You know, they can yeah. like they've been pretty effusive about how he looks. And I also think there's a reason they're doing that. I think they're trying to also, you know, boost his confidence and make him feel like mm-hmm. he is doing good. Um, yeah. So I will bet on the Eagles connections, as Sirianni likes to say, speak on the theme of connecting and everything. And like, I, you know, I trust Nick Sirianni. We didn't even talk about you know, like the coaching of it all like that, because that gets yeah. lost in all the talent the Eagles have. I trust Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen more than I trust better Mike coach. freaking McCarthy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, come on. Like, miss me with that. Um, all right. Uh, last thing I'll say, my final thought uh, is that listen to the Eagles Christmas album, the Philly special Christmas or whatever it's called uh, today, this morning, Friday. And uh, it's, it's really good. I really enjoyed getting to hear, you know, Kelsey, Mylotta. Um, Lane, they all do a really good job. There's the Merrill Reese, the night before Christmas reading, which is really good mm-hmm. to me. And I think I need to tweet this, but I'm going to test it out on you and maybe the podcast listeners who who will get it <laughs> first and get mad at me. Bruce Springsteen has one good song, and it's Santa Claus is coming to town. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite Bruce Springsteen. And only that's not going to go over with a lot of people. I want to make that's going to get a lot of people mad. But um, but I like this Eagles version maybe even more. This this the Eagles version. It's the last song on the album. By the way, some Bruce Springsteen fans are freaking crazy. Yeah, I know. If you say anything bad about him at all, like they will hate you for life. So. Hunt me down. Um, I don't <laughs> like. Was, I don't think he's bad. A question, just, questionable comment to make there, buddy. My big thing with Bruce is I just don't like get it. 
I just don't understand. Like, it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me. I think maybe it makes more sense of a time pass by. I don't know. I just don't. I don't get it. I I don't like hate him. Um, he's fine. Anyway, uh, I really like the 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 Eagles version of Santa Claus is coming to town at the end. There's I don't. I guess I don't want to spoil it here if you haven't listened to it because it's kind of special to hear it the first time. Let's just say there's some other Eagles players in the mix there, and I think it's just really well done. And it kind of made me. I gotta say. I gotta admit, it kind of made me like a little bit emotional because it made me kind of like think about how this team is a, such a special vibe. This is unique. You don't get to see this every year. This is a special thing that's going on. And I think all of that is kind of what we're talking about, why we have confidence in this team. It's not just the talent, which is, you know, the overriding factor and a big thing probably matters the most, but the vibe of it all too, and the connection and the, and just the energy this team has going on. It's just, it's a special thing. And I'm not going to bet against it, especially when the Cowboys have not been playing well. They almost lost. They should have lost to the Texans and they blew a 17 point lead against the Jags, who are, I think, decent and going to win the uh, AFC South. Shout out to Doug. But they're not a juggernaut. The Jags are certainly much worse than the Eagles are. So that's the bottom line. Jimmy, what do you got? He really does belt out Santa, Santa Claus is coming to town. You better be good. For- I like the Clarence part, right? <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> it's good. I like the ad libbing at the beginning of the song too. It's fun. It's a fun performance. The live version, I guess, is the one I'm referencing. So there's a um, there on uh, we have Comcast or whatever it is now. Uh, what's it called? What's my cable provider called? Xfinity. We have Xfinity here, and. Uh, there's this station that's playing just all Christmas songs, but not like all that are sung by, you know, big time recording artists. I didn't realize how I didn't realize how many there are. Um, I think like if you are a very notable uh, artist, you mm-hmm. put one of those out there because maybe that makes you an ass ton of money <laughs> like over the years. But it seems like they've all put out something, and I didn't even know that. Like, every, like every other one that was on there, I didn't even know existed. Uh, there's so many of them out there. I guess only a certain percentage of them actually hit and become, you know, like, like uh, very well known. Like yeah. Mariah Carey, for example. Oh, all uh, time. That's that, that is the goat Christmas song. Yeah, and then uh, Bruce Springsteen, the one that you mentioned, is is another one. Um, but yeah, there there's uh there's this channel where like there's just so many of them, and uh, it's funny that like they all try to like I don't know if sell out is the right way to put it, but they they've all tried their hand at a, at a holiday song. Hey, I can't blame them. As as Shiel Kapadia, good friend, likes to say, cast them checks, CTC. That's right. All right, Jimmy. All right. No final thoughts by you. Uh. You want me to read the email that I sent the Cowboys? That could be I fun. Guess. Or maybe not. It says the guy so, wanted to keep the podcast know. shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the best I felt in like four days. Well, that's good. So hey, I found... Your, it's a Christmas miracle, Jimmy. <laughs> BCN Radio lifted your spirits. These, these, they're gonna, these, these people are going to think that like I'm... Um, just a freak insane (laughs) they're gonna pass this around and make fun of me anyway uh i won't name the person's name but i'll just say to whom it may concern uh i don't think we've met but i hope you're well 
Before I begin, my apologies in advance for this absurd request. My name is Jimmy Kemsky, and I've covered the Philadelphia Eagles as a full-time beat reporter since 2013. I came down with a nasty flu and as such will not be flying out to Dallas for the game on Christmas Eve. One of the silly recurring things I write each year is a press box food, food spread review based on the stadiums that I visit. The Cowboys grades each of the last four years are as follows. Uh, 2021, A++. 2020, not applicable COVID. 2019, A++. 2018, A+. You guys win by a mile every year. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is pathetic. It's the shameless pandering. For example, and then I have a link to like last year's press box fruits by review rating post. Uh, and then I said, I was even asked to talk about the press box mac and cheese along with some of your local media, like Brad Sham. He's like their, uh, Maurice. Okay. Todd Archer and Jane Slater. <laughs> Because <laughs> I did. I did like a TV thing, yeah. uh, a Dallas TV thing for like I talked about their mac and cheese. And then in parentheses, I, I wrote, I'm the guy who suggested Jerry Jones is flying in unicorn milk. <laughs> and then I have a link to that too. Uh, anyway, again, I fully realize this is not worth your time. But I was wondering if the Cowboys could ship me some mac and cheese so that I could <laughs> – so that I can include them in my food spread review. I would gladly reimburse the team for any cost. <laughs> kind regards and happy holidays, Jimmy Kensky. <laughs> what what percentage chance do you think they re, they even reply to that? I'm going to say seven. So, what'd you say? Seven percent. I'm going to. I sent that. Uh, how long is this podcast? I sent that right before the podcast started. So, so we're like an hour ago. We're o we're over an hour. Uh, they have not yet replied. So, <laughs> so the odds have decreased even further since they haven't replied within the first you know hour and a half or so. Yeah. Also, I'm sure anyway. Like, that's my final thought. Like, <laughs> you know, someone. It's like the holidays. It's it's Friday at one o'clock on December twenty third. I'm sure they're like right. considering like going yeah. Let me get let me get that right. Let me get right on that jackass. Especially because too like they're going to be working tomorrow or presumably busy with the game, so they're probably taking yeah. like, the extra time today to like really detach <laughs> from work. Um, right. Uh, I'm anyway. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending the holidays with my mom and dad, as I as I usually do. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to, you know, I mean, it wouldn't certainly make Christmas fun to know that the Eagles clinched the number one seed and they are on a favorable path to the Super Bowl for the sake of both you and me going to Arizona in February. At least, you know, the path to that becoming much more favorable and realistic and also uh, and just kind of fun to see all the Eagles fans happy. With a, a big Eagles win on Christmas Eve, and then everyone's feeling super great uh, on Christmas morning. Nice little thing to celebrate the next day. So I hope that's what happens. Do you have uh, like a go-to, like, you know, Thanksgiving is always turkey or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you have a go-to Christmas or I Christmas do. Eve meal? Not so much Christmas Eve. That kind of, that's different. It's nothing, it's never, it's no big tradition there for the past couple of years was going to Hoagie Haven in Princeton, which I talked about and I brought mm, up okay. Ross Tucker. Yeah. Cause it, mm. like I'd, I'd go with my parents and we'd go to um, what's the name of the square there. There's a big, there's a square with a big, I can't think of it. It's killing me. Off the top of my head. My parents are saying it right now. Uh, there's a big Christmas tree. So we'd go there and then we'd go to a um, small world coffee shop, get like a, you know, a coffee and then get some, uh, some Hoagie Haven for dinner. 
just you know easy no one has to cook quick and then on christmas traditionally because i am half polish as i mentioned on the last podcast i believe usually do some kind of like polish food especially with the if it was a bigger family get together um there'd be the babka my favorites the staples that we have to have are the you know the pierogies and the kibasa and also the uh, well this isn't polish necessarily but my mom makes this amazing uh, cheesy hash brown casserole it's to die for so that's what i've got going on yeah i think uh so christmas eve my plans were originally to be in dallas and then fly back on christmas morning i know that uh our friends of the jewish faith uh often get Chinese food, mm. either on Christmas or I think it's Christmas, but we're gonna. I love a latke, by the way. I just have to say, I love a latke. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Great. So, uh, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and I are gonna get Chinese food on Christmas Eve uh, in okay. lieu of the plans that were now altered. At Christmas, I think we're doing steak, but I don't, I don't know. Wow. I'm not sure. That's at my that's at my sister's house. What's your go-to like kind of uh, Chinese food dish? So I always – I got a little trick for the uh, readers mm. – or wow. not readers, listeners here. I always say that. I always say readers. <laughs> um, I get the, the sesame chicken, which normally comes with broccoli, which is fine. If you like broccoli, by all means, just get it as is. But if you actually say no broccoli – They'll just fill up that whole thing with the mm. sesame chicken. Wow. So that's what I do. I, I go sesame chicken, and then I say, no broccoli, please. And then they just fill that whole thing up with sesame chicken. There you go. A little life hack. That's right. All right. Let's get out of here, Jimmy. Uh, oh, me? Well, or... I got to hear your I gotta hear your Chinese go-to before you go. I'm not the biggest Chinese food guy. Uh, I, I get it maybe like a couple times a year. It's not my kind of – like I don't really have the desire to seek it out. Um. It's not that I think it's gross or anything. It's just not like what I desire. I don't crave it really. I guess the way I do like pizza or something or Italian food. Okay. It's just not something I crave. Um, you know, uh, a general so's chicken is obviously like a very straightforward and basic answer. Hard to go wrong there. Or like a dragon chicken. I like, you know, a little bit spicy, some some kind of spice. Um mm-hmm. nothing too nothing creative. Um I did go to I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod. I did go to Han Dynasty. Um, I think last week, and they had this like fifteen course, fifteen beer meal thing, and uh, Han, who runs Han Dynasty, doesn't really believe in the General So's thing because it's kind of like uh, it's like kind of gimmicky or whatever, or there's a lot of bad okay. versions of it. Um, but he does like a General Han's chicken, makes his own kind of version, and that thing was like awesome. Um, so little shout out and the dan dan noodles honestly uh-huh, those were those were amazing those you had a lot more to say about chinese food than you thought i, I did uh, so i actually do want to go back <laughs> to han dynasty soon and get the dan dan noodles because those things were awesome so there we go all right this has been bgn radio episode 298 we said it's going to be short it's never short let's be let's be honest it's just never it's never going to be a short episode um but we we're having fun so that's what it's all about as jimmy likes to say uh you know, check out our sponsors, BGN20 at rightsellin.com for 20% off your order. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Call or text this phone number if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house. Jimmy, the oh, phone number. Sorry, 856. <laughs> I thought they replied for a second, the Cowboys, but it was uh, it was a similar name to the also guy that one. I emailed. 
<laughs> False alarm. 856-906-9295. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowden, at Jimmy Kemsky. You can check, check us out uh, on Twitter as well at BGN underscore radio at Bleeding Green. At BleedingGreenNation.com is the website that I write for. PhillyVoice.com is the website that Jimmy Kemsky writes for. Jimmy, and to all the listeners, a Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA. The quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.